jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Hello everyone welcome to Dynasty Underdog Everyone welcome to episode 167 Dynasty Underdog I'm your host Ryan Dawkins joins me tonight again Jake what's up man how's it going doing great I came into the last week saying oh man what a terrible week so many injuries and then for whatever reason week 6 decided to uh, one up that so let's just get into it what's what's happening with the news and nonsense god it's crazy All right uh first one Khalil Herbert IR I think I ended up having to start Deontay Foreman because of that. Sean Johnson was still banged up, but I think he's going to be back next week. But he, Khalil Herbert, out IR at least four weeks. Uh, next one, Debo Samuel. He left the game with the shoulder injury, did not come back. And sticking with the same team, Christian McCaffrey, oblique. Which, I hate to be that guy, but it's like, quote-unquote, only a matter of time. But those guys... Uh, I heard today there's a possibility they could play next week. I think they play on Monday Night Football. But those are two big, I mean, really three big hits right there. Khalil Herbert, dude, you've been starting every week. Debo Samuel, same thing. Christian McCaffrey's doing absolutely Christian McCaffrey things. And now uh, we have to wait and see. Are you concerned with any of these guys? Are you trying to get any of the backups to try to get you through this week? I think we have like six teams on bye, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty extensive. I'm up against a couple of teams across the leagues that have literally no bench spots left because they have their whole team is just on by. Um, <laughs> personally, wide receiver wise on San Francisco, probably staying away. It's really Brandon Ayuk or um, or George Kittle. Not really touching anything else. Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Tyrion Davis Price who really finishes out that game and i mean that from a health perspective i don't really know yeah. uh, elijah mitchell obviously is going to be top of the depth chart but even watching him in san francisco and i got to see the game against the giants when i went uh the dude couldn't even make it throughout the entire game he's just also one of those guys who's has an unfortunate history of injuries i'm not going to say he's um i don't know uh constantly injured but it does feel like that with regards to khalil herbert Definitely going to jump on the Roshan train. I have him yes. in a few different dynasty leagues. I have pretty, pretty high hopes for him, honestly. I think he's been relatively well used as well prior to last week when he was dealing with a concussion. Um, yeah, Deontay Foreman looked okay. It's crazy that I think was his first week that he was active all season. Mm -hmm. So really goes to show the amount of faith that uh, Eberflus has in him. 
there's not really anyone else in that backfield that is overall concerning. Darrington Evans, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think I think Roshan and Elijah Mitchell are probably the two uh, two guys that you would probably pick up or try and get depending on your league situation. Obviously, in most leagues, those guys will probably be on some roster. So, Jordan Mason. He's probably taken elsewhere. Tyrion Davis Price, I don't have any interest in. And like I said, Darrington Evans is not something I have any interest in. So I don't think this has too much major implication on anyone's teams right now. I think you're you're kind of messing. This is too late, too late in the game to be yeah. trying to look for anybody, you know? It's not really, I guess, technically dynasty relevant, but No. Redraft? We, we, yeah, redraft. I mean we played redraft too, so. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ooh, the other one just Came to my mind because I have a waiver out on Chris Evans, but Kyron Williams, kind of the surprise uh, starter for the Rams this year, been doing very well, but he's out. Shoot, I think he's on IR too. Kyron? Yeah. I did not see that. They already announced it today. I must have missed it. So, jeez. I, I I saw that him and Ronnie Rivers both got injured in game. That's uh, RB one, RB two on oh the Rams. Rivers so. is on IR. That's okay. Yeah, Rivers makes sense. Um, PCL strain, I think, is what he got. Uh, I think Kyron is still up in the air, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, another one we didn't really get to see it live. It happened, like I think, towards the end of the game. But uh, Trevor Lawrence hurt his knee. He had a press conference. They're talking about it, and it's more of like a pain management thing. He quote unquote takes pride in having played all his games healthy, and probably will play this week. But he did hurt his knee. I saw that he was wearing a uh, some type of stability mechanic on his uh, knee today in training, which I think says a lot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it really has any you know major impact. We see that these NFL teams really don't give a shit. Joe Burrow came back from a, a knee strain way too fast. Looks like Trevor Lawrence won't probably miss any bit of games mm-hmm. or sit out of any practice. So you know. I would say watch out on that one. I wouldn't be surprised if, that has some type of impact on his overall uh, game as a whole. And maybe they have to rely a little bit more on that, on that backfield, which isn't necessarily a bad thing considering how well Travis Etienne has been playing. So overall could be exciting for Travis, Travis Etienne owners. Yes. Yep. Just uh, give T-Law a little, you know, a little shot and a pat on the butt and tell him to get out there. Uh, Jimmy G, he left, uh, they're saying back, possible organ. I don't know any more information about this. I know that they quote unquote, like rushed him to the hospital. He went to the hospital after the game. It didn't even look like, it didn't really look like anything watching. It didn't look like it was that hard of a hit, just kind of a standard thing. But, uh, same thing with like, you know, uh, Daniel Jones last week, it didn't really look like much, but it might be a lot more serious than that. So Jimmy G hurt, uh, Something we got to keep an eye on. I have no idea. Who did they roll out there? Hoyer, right? Brian Hoyer. Instead yeah. of AOC? I think AOC was inactive or he was emergency quarterback for that okay. that day. It's like the new thing that all these teams are doing. Now they know they don't have to have three active quarterbacks in the, uh, in the active roster. I would stay away from that entire team Absolutely. in general. I've been trying to stay I've been trying to trade away Devontae Adams all season in, in Dynasty and it just seems to be failing me. And this is only going to hurt my chances. So I guess I have to hold on to him until uh, playoff time unfortunately. There's a small bright spot on that team we'll talk about later. Uh David Montgomery, ribs, cartilage. Man, he was running strong, looking so good. And after that after that big run, he, he was laying on his back and he's like pats his chest and I was like no, I have so much David Montgomery. I have so much. I like I actively went out and got him. Like, you know, I 
I think I had like the 104 console words and I traded down to like 108 to grab one of the wide receivers and I picked up David Montgomery. And, and you know, I did a bunch of things like that this offseason. Even in re redraft, I targeted him. So this is one of those injuries that I, I'll be selfish. It really affects a lot of my teams right now. So I don't know. He, I don't know if he's going to IR. I don't think so. But he's definitely going to miss a week. I think they have a bike one up soon too. But yeah, it was a pretty one of those those injuries that you're just very surprised to hear that the player wasn't coming back in the game, especially once you heard that the uh, the X-rays were negative. I was like, oh okay, yeah, he should be fine for next week. And then it turned out to be one of those cartilage issues, which honestly is kind of similar to like a, the T Higgins injury. It's just going to be down to pain management. I think they just need swelling to go down. So hopefully he's back um, as soon as possible. I think, like you already said, they do have a, a buy coming up. So they'll probably try and wait till then and you know, try and move around things. The one thing I do want to just bring up quickly, because you did bring up Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, it is really interesting to He didn't get injured this past week, obviously, but he got injured the week prior. Uh, the Giants are basically bringing in a bunch of veteran quarterbacks to potentially sign behind Tyrod Taylor that to me screams Daniel Jones is going to be out for an extended period of time I would be pretty concerned if I'm a Daniel Jones owner if I'm any bit of a Giants offense owner Giants did look relatively competent against Buffalo and you could say whatever you want about that against Daniel Jones or for Tyrod Taylor etc but I'm um, not great. Not great in a dynasty landscape. You obviously want these more talented younger players to be healthy. Um, but, you know, if you were able to get Tyrod Taylor out there and you need a third quarterback, he's not a terrible option. I actually was able to pick him up for basically free over the last couple of weeks and beat a couple of people out for that while I have other quarterback <laughs> injuries. So I am I was a little bit thrilled, but also at the same time, I'm like, how many points am I going to get out of Tyrod Taylor? Like eight. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, like I said, the Giants almost won. Yeah. So anything is possible. Anything, anything is, possible. is possible. I mean, shoot, San Francisco lost to Cleveland. Uh, the the Jets beat Philly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I was, I was like the biggest Jets fan. Like, it was so crazy. Uh, it's now like two two weeks out of three for you. You had them up against KC. You wanted them to win. You now, <laughs> now had them hey up, man, against you know, I keep up against Philly. I, I want anyone to beat Philly. It could be. Oh yeah. It could even be Dallas. I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick Dallas over Philly. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll root for the Giants if they're playing Philly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm all the same day. Boat. Same boat. <laughs> See, yeah. we, we we have common ground. Yeah, we do. Philly. Anyway, all right. Uh, news and nonsense. Justin Fields. Yeah. Justin Fields dislocated his thumb, I believe, on his throwing hand. On his throwing hand, yeah. and he was able to pop it back into place, and he, I think, he made a couple more plays, and then said, "Yeah, I can't really do this. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't. I haven't really. I don't know what that's going to take to get better. So he's going to be out for probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, I would imagine it's one of those situations where he has to basically keep his thumb in a very specific space. Um, it can't." move out of the socket and it basically has to like realign with the the lig ligaments kind of similar to um how a shoulder dislocation works like you're supposed to basically keep it in a sling for four to six weeks shouldn't really move shouldn't deal with more contact i wouldn't be surprised if this means that you know you have tyson badgent and nathan peterman back there for unfortunately an extended period of time like i am scared shitless i've already benched dj Moore where i can because i don't want anything to do with this yeah yeah that's terrible that's a bad feeling but yeah uh justin fields 
you know, calling the, uh, not necessarily a breakout, but like, you know, I've been hyping, not hyping him up, but I've been like, I've had his back for the last few weeks and he's been doing me like a really good solid. So, you know, I've made some bad calls this year and I've, uh, that's one of my better ones. So I want to see him back out there. Though. All right. Any more news and nonsense? Anything I forgot? I try to keep track of these as the week goes on, but sometimes, you know, the only other one lot. is, uh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. It's not super great because that offense is pretty shit, but uh, Ryan Tannehill, same ankle that he injured last year. Oh, that's right. Seems to be less bad, they're saying. All I know is that once Malik Willis was in, that dude just looks completely incompetent in a pro offense. I feel really bad for him. I truly do. But I think the the biggest standout for me is the fact that Will Levis still isn't the QB2 in that team and really, really makes you wonder what the hell was going on in that front office that they decided to draft this guy in the second round. Um, yeah, not great for D-Hop owners. Not great for Trey Burks moving forward. Not really great for um, Derrick Henry. Henry either. Tajay Spears did catch like a, I don't know, 40 yard or something like that. He had a nice little yeah. catch there. Which kind of yeah. should have saved one of my teams. It didn't quite save it. But. I know that feel like. But yeah, just something else to be to be mindful of. Yep. Lots of QB injuries this past weekend. Uh, not great. But yeah, I think that does cover most of the news and nonsense. I think we're, we can jump into what we learn, what yep. stood out. And also with all this quarterback news, I know that Billy's going to love to hear this when he, he edits. But maybe this is a reason to go with that Q, uh, QBX strategy when you're drafting quarterbacks. In Superflex, we have three starters went down this week. You know, if you went out there and you did a startup or whatever and you rostered four-plus quarterbacks, now's your time to go out there and shop one of them. I'm kind of talking to myself here. So. I was going to say, that sounds like your strategy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> QBs and running backs. All right. Uh, what did we learn? What stood out? So one of the big things that stood out to me, and you know, I've been trying to ignore it for the last couple of weeks, but it's kind of hard to ignore now, but Curtis Samuel has a clear role in this offense. And I say that and bring it up because I believe he's going to be very cheap to acquire if you're trying to acquire him. If you have a team that needs a player that's actually just guaranteed to have some points every week, I try to go out and try to get Curtis Samuel on your team. What do you think gets him? Oh, you might be able to get him first. Cheap as a third. Uh, the, he's probably not on too many contender teams right now. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a chance at the beginning of the season he was on waiver. Yeah, he's 27, so he's probably 26 going on 27, maybe 27 now going on 28. You know, like 2019, is... Curtis Samuel hype season, right? So it <laughs> just took a few years, but here we are, and he it just it's hard to ignore his usage. Yeah, he was uh, the old version of Lavisca Chanel. Mm. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that insulting to Curtis Samuel? I think he's, he's no, that's fine. I love Lavisca. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think also the biggest thing that we've learned is that Jahan Dotson is losing his role. He sure is. Uh, which I think is a relatively big concern. Another dude that I've been trying to get off of as much as I can. Um, I only have one share left, and so I'd love to trade him away. Anyone in DU three, if you're listening, I know that was a really positive endorsement on my part for him, but. Um, it's okay. I've seen Uriah basically try and sell a broken Saquon Barkley before and after a bad game. So it's it's completely it's completely fine. It, uh, the biggest thing that I'm I'm looking at right now is he's had one game where he was plus seven on targets. It was week four against Philly, and I think that was really down to the fact that McLaurin was probably doubled the entire game. 
and they really had to go to uh, another decent size outlet. But, you know, he's been bad. Like, he's really been bad. He's broken 10 points once this season, oh. and that came because he caught a touchdown. Like, just not good. Yeah, I haven't really been paying attention to his, like, end-of-game stats, but just watching the usage, it seems like uh, he's, he's getting carries, and he's getting targets, and it just seems like most of the big – uh, plays that show up on like red zone and stuff have been, you know, Curtis Samuel doing stuff. So maybe don't listen to me. Maybe don't listen. No, no, no. I was actually referring to Dotson. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Samuel. I'm like, no, oh, no, that's no, worse Samuel's, than I thought. It looked no, better. Samuel's trending in the right, right direction. Okay. <laughs> he is definitely a little bit more gadgety. Uh, of course. Yeah. Dots, Dotson's hitting around 75 to 82% snap, snap share. Uh, whereas uh, Samuel is somewhere around the 55 to 65 mark gotcha. on average. But, you know, I, that dude who's taken, you know, le- this, this is the conversation we had about Rashi Rice last week. Just because you're getting less touches or you're on the field less than somebody else, it usually equates to you being on the field more because of what you're doing while you're you're on the field. So expect that number to keep going up dependent on um, his usage and, and how he continues to produce. So definitely, definitely a good shout out. I, I was snoozing on Curtis Samuel for the last few weeks. It might be too late right now to be buying him for for a third, to be honest. It it might be just watching this week. I was like, man, there goes Curtis Samuel again. You know what? First time was a fluke. Second time, like, okay, okay, maybe I should take notice. They they obviously have plans for him uh, week in and week yep. out. All right, next one, uh, Bryce. I say Bryce is still young. Bryce Young, he is young. He's young rookie quarterback. Last name's Young, and I'm a dad, so I do stuff like that. But. He does not have a whole lot of time to throw. Uh, he is running for his life a lot. But this last week was watching him. And I know that Billy was pretty high on him as about well his processing speed and all that other stuff. But Bryce looked pretty competent this week. Uh, a lot of growing pains there. I mean, his number one targets, 75 years old, Adam Thielen. But I'm thinking that this is the team that we're going to talk about depending on what they do in the draft and some free agent stuff uh, this coming off season. But just seeing how Bryce is progressing already uh, through six weeks, I'm kind of a little excited to see what goes on there. I don't really trust the front office or the coaching staff all that well yet, but uh, just seeing what he he was doing and how he looked, he looked like an NFL quarterback to me this last week. Yeah, he's definitely able to... I think transition and progress the ball really well. Uh, he moves through his reads pretty competently considering how short he is, which is usually a, a major issue for shorter quarterbacks in <laughs> shorter quarterbacks in the NFL, especially in their rookie years. Uh, I do find that his game intelligence is top, top of the line. It's really now just down to making sure that his awareness picks up. I do think that speed of play has been a huge issue for him, but it, like you said, it seems like now that we're in week six, we're really starting to see major signs of improvement. And that's also considering that he was also out a week due to injury um, yeah, where Andy right. Dalton had to come in. So he's had already some issues with regard to just like moving through a consistent uh, regiment and being being able to stay healthy to the point where he's still moving in the right direction, I think, in terms of uh, production, which is exactly what you want to see out of a rookie quarterback. It's the same conversation that we've had around a few other rookie quarterbacks, but um, they are all are producing at a relatively high level and at, at a level that I'm excited about. It's unfortunate. We didn't talk about this actually, oh, but yeah. in the news and nonsense uh, portion, they are shutting down uh, Anthony Richardson 
for the rest of the year, which is disappointing to hear. But, you know, this could be a great buy now time for uh, teams that are potentially tanking. Or even if you have, you know, maybe you are at a QBX situation, you can trade your QB2 or your QB3 for a guy like Anthony Richardson moving forward. Might not be a bad time to try and do that because his, uh, his price is probably slightly down. Saquon Barkley or Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson, yeah. Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry for Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Okay, cool. Just just thinking. All right, uh, next one, Michael Mayer. Mini breakout. That dude, I think he started the first drive of the game. I believe he got like three targets, three receptions to start the game. Looks every bit the part. Um, looks like a true longevity type tight end player that could be a dude uh, putting up points for you for a long, long time. Uh, I think he led the team in receiving. I'm a little concerned about his quarterback situation right now, but Michael Mayer, mini breakout. You kind of love to see it. Looks good. Honestly, he kind of looked just from scale and the way he was running after the catch kind of reminded me of young Gronk, a little less athletic, but Overall, just looked very, very competent. Looked great in that like New England style offense that they have out in Las Vegas. Uh, there's not a lot of negative I could say about him. I'm sad that it's taken approximately five weeks to start getting major usage. We really start to we started to see him uh, get usage last week. He was up to 66% snap share. Uh, he had three targets, two receptions for 39 yards. Prior to that, he had one total target i believe over the first four weeks with one reception for two yards not great uh and then we had this past week 81 snap snap percentage love it five receptions 75 yards off of six targets fantastic that's the type of stuff you want to start seeing usually you expect to start seeing that by the end of the year seeing that in week six i think is really positive and like you said he did finish the day as basically receiver one uh, beat out Devonte. Beat out. Well, there's really no. Oh, actually, Jacoby. Jacoby on touchdown, think, right? Yeah, Jacoby Myers ended up finishing. I think uh, points wise, uh, receiver one, but finished the day. I think with 60, 61 yards receiving. So yeah, excellent. This one kind of. I, I still I still agree with what I said. So uh, Desmond Ritter and Atlanta Falcons seems like they understand the assignment this week. It seems like they're built on what they were doing last week. Last week, we saw a little bit better usage out of Pitts, a little bit better usage out of London. And this week, it seemed like they kind of were doing the same thing. Pitts had another decent game. London was still getting the usage. I feel like there's a chance we might not be cursing Arthur Smith as much as as we have been. Uh, it just seemed like it looked a little more comfortable. It seemed like a re- regular... NFL type offense out there instead of whatever the hell they've been doing for the previous five weeks, no, four weeks. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest issues with regards to this offense is the fact that we didn't really comprehend what Desmond Ritter is. So when I say that the dude sat out basically the majority of last year, he didn't play until the final four weeks of the season. He basically is a glorified or maybe the opposite. He's an, under-refined rookie in a sense that he really doesn't have the games under his belt to equate to a year two starter. Yeah, He's really a four game in the first year, now six game starter. He's started 10 games so far. I think that there's been a lot of progress. 
He's now thrown the ball over 35 times, three times in his career, and they've all come this year. Yeah, There's progress there. There really is. I don't think he's exciting, by all means. I'm not saying go out and buy Ritter. All I'm saying is that we're seeing more refinement to his game. He seems to actually uh, control drives. He seems to actually control the tempo of games. And overall, fantasy-wise, he's actually scoring redeemable points, which thankfully means that there's progress around him. That means Kyle Pitts sees the ball more often. It seems Drake, Drake London sees the, ball, sees the ball more often. That also means that Johnny Smith sees the ball more often. And you have to be conscientious of the, the downstream impact of what that looks like from a, a quarterbacking perspective. I also believe that they're starting to use their offense in a bunch of different ways. We've kind of had some of these conversations in the Discord a little bit this week um, with regards to Bijan Robinson's usage. I think they're trying to be very creative around the ball as well. Can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect it to win games. Talia Agier can't get the ball 18 times in a game and expect to win when he's <laughs> only averaging like two and a half yards per carry. Like they are trying to work themselves around because they also feel that their offensive line isn't particularly great. They have a ton of young weapons and they're trying to work around that. And I do think that we have to be pretty pretty hesitant to just be making decisions on early early game or yeah early game records early game results because these things do progress throughout the year and we're really starting to see that with them and this is against relatively decent defenses over the last two weeks they were at home against houston houston's defense under D'Amico ryan's has been pretty solid and washington's defense has been you know somewhere in middle tier we're not talking about terrible defenses like um detroit or chicago we're talking about defenses that are still competent and he's putting up 329 yards touchdown no picks uh 307 yards two touchdowns the three picks two of those picks were genuinely fucking atrocious at the end of the game in moments where they they needed to win but really just looked like you know a, a young quarterback in a game winning situation that just couldn't handle the heat and i think that's just the reality of who he is He's not a CJ Stroud. He's not a Bryce Young. He's a quarterback that was drafted in the fourth round. Like, you got to put up the appropriate understanding around these guys of where they are in their growth. Same thing with Sam Howell. Lots of shout out about him. He's still a fourth or fifth round quarterback. Like, the dude has a ceiling to some extent. So, all in all, I agree. There's a lot to be excited, I think, about the situation if you were able to buy drake london on the low over the last couple of weeks or uh kyle pitts on the cheap i think you got yourself a steal because i think they're only going to be used more and more throughout the next couple of weeks excellent assessment that's why you're here i could never do all that <laughs> uh next one zach wilson uh, again so the jets they did beat philly they have an amazing and amazing defense right uh robert Sala is known for all that but Watching Zach Wilson, he doesn't look like a scared little kid out there anymore. Like he just looks like he, you know, like he's able to bring his ball sack with him to work every day. He doesn't have to stay home anymore in his mom's purse. Like he, he's able to just bring his nuts and he's out there. He looks like he has kind of command of this offense and he, he looks pretty good. He looks more comfortable to me. Uh, you know, all those position players on the team, you know, Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, Bryce Hall, et cetera, that they're not dying just because Aaron Rodgers uh, hurt, hurt his Achilles. Zach Wilson is stepping up and actually it looks like he's taking over command of that offense. So 
you know, this is this is kind of good going forward. We don't really know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. It looks like he's going to be like the fastest healing Achilles injury in the world, which is just going to piss so many people off because they hate him so bad. But uh, which I think is hilarious. But uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will come back at some point. But I, I, you know, Zach Wilson right now is holding it down and he looks decent out there. It's kind of never thought I'd say that, but Zach Wilson looks kind of decent. This might be at some point if he keeps up just doing what he's doing the last two weeks you might actually be able to get out on him because I don't know if this is somebody I want to hold. Like I don't really have a whole lot of faith that he's going to keep it up, but he's looking pretty good right now. This is definitely a situation where I think what happened around him is really important. One of the biggest things that I paid a lot of attention to is how his teammates are reacting around him. And one of my favorite aspects are about everything about the jets. And I fucking hate giving them any compliments as we share a dumb stadium with them, but the team as a whole is just coached so well, top to bottom. Like you talked about the defense, but really the fact that you had Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Garrett Wilson all present on week one when Zach Wilson basically had a stinker of a game when he came in for for Aaron Rodgers and just couldn't handle the game. Moving into that game against KC where he was basically competing hand-in-hand with with Patrick Mahomes, and you saw it on every single drive where whenever he would make a, an incomplete pass or something along those lines, there was a dude over there hyping him up for the next drive. Like the, the team is just there to kind of cycle through this process. So if they continue to get wins, I only expect Zach Wilson to continue to improve. And the other thing that I did want to point out is that Brees Hall's usage has gone up over the last three weeks, oh, which is because, and I think that has a major impact on how well Zach Wilson is able to look. When you're running out there with you know this 50-50 split between dead Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, no team is really concerned about what you're going to do with the ball at that point, and they really just want you to put the, hands, the ball in the hands of the quarterback. When it's Zach Wilson, it puts a lot of pressure on him. They're, ta- they're able to take that pressure off of him, and I think that adds a lot of... Um, openness to their game which is exactly what he needed he felt probably too confined because they were stuck in the situation where they were passing probably you know more often than they couldn't and that really puts that into i think a better perspective and i think it it provides a pretty good landscape for what his uh his future for the season looks like a couple of other comments based on some of the things you said first and foremost just want to shout out I don't know how the Jets did this, but they have a guy on defense named Bryce Hall, and they have a running back on their team named Brees Hall. Like, that should be illegal. That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> you shouldn't have two guys on your team basically the same name. Ridiculous. And then secondly, with regards to Aaron Rodgers, like, I'm pretty sure he's just an endorsement for ayahuasca usage at this point. Pretty like, much, yeah. you know, if, if I can, if I get to say ayahuasca and I can come back from an Achilles injury in like, you know, a year, psh- Sign me up. He's what forty one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I got a little. My knees sore. I might need to go take a trip <laughs> it's, to it's Central time. America. <laughs> it's time. You got to do a ritual, right? Is that what they call it? Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about names. Seattle. They have two players. Uh, one's named Michael Jackson, and God, what's the other one? They have like two famous names on their team. That's just oh, like celebrity names. Yeah, it, Billy edit that out, but whatever. Yeah, they, Michael Jackson. They call him Mike Jack, but his name is Michael Jackson. I'm, I'm like, so okay. Oh, they have a they have a Kobe Bryant. That's what it is. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they have yeah. a Michael Jackson and a Kobe Bryant on the Seattle, which is comical to me. Incredible. Right. But we're at that we're at that age point where it makes a lot of sense. Like, that's true. Their parents definitely were, you know, watching those guys play basketball. Fans, and, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, next one, uh, near and dear to my heart, it's my boy Trey McBride. Probably did more research on this guy than I have any other player just because of <laughs> where he grew up and all that stuff. Went to the same high school my sister went to, grew up in the same county as me. Love the guy. But he he's and then you know Zach Ertz, like Zach Ertz has had a really good see uh you know career. Why doesn't he just retire? That'd be sweet. If he could just retire, that would be awesome. I don't want him to get hurt, but just stay off into the sunset, but you're doing okay for yourself. But Trey McBride, four catches, 62 yards, getting more involved. Just someone to keep an eye on. He's not dead yet. It's the slow burn. And next one, Chuba Hubbard. So Chuba Hubbard, <clears throat> you know, when we talked about running back carries for the Carolina Panthers, I remember Billy was doing projections and we were talking about Miles Sanders and we we're wondering how the hell Miles Sanders isn't going to end up with like 300, you know, carries like it's his entire backfield. But Chuba is actually looking better than Miles Sanders right now. He 19 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown this last week. I don't know if it's game script or whatever it was, but Chuba looks like he's at least should be getting the ball more than Miles Sanders. Yeah. So this past week in terms of just, production from that team that first quarter against Miami they just looked like a team that shouldn't be winless and then yeah. after the first quarter ended it really went uh, a negative direction Miles Sanders obviously injured so kind of hard to understand what his role will be moving forward but you're 100% correct like the dude's barely been able to average three yards per carry this season um, when he is getting usage He's still only able to hold down about 60% snap share. Like he just isn't that elite running back that you want on a fantasy football team, especially in dynasty. If you can get away from him, I hope you were able to do it at the beginning of the season or during that crazy hype that was happening just preseason. Like everyone was talking about his usage and we've just never really seen that production from him until last year. And realistically that's, these are the types of guys that, if they do have a blow up season, you get rid of them as soon as possible because it's so hard to do. It really is. It really is. It's hard to value that too because you know last year you you see the uh, the output and you expect some people will expect for that to be a historical output, um, and then others expect for that to be uh, continuous. But how do you find those owners who see that as continuous rather than a one off historical number? Shopping that around is really challenging. <laughs> and so, but that's that's the hardest part about Dynasty, in my opinion, is really finding the right owner for for players like this. Um, but yeah, I definitely do think that Chuba Hubbard's usage is probably going to continue to improve and they'll probably get closer to a 50-50 backfield uh, by the time that Sanders is back. They are on bye this week, so I do think that Sanders is supposed to be back uh, in week eight. All right. <clears throat> Next one, going back to Houston. It was a Devin Singletary week. It seemed like they, I don't know if it was a hot hand thing or what exactly was going on there. Damian Pierce has not been very efficient. He he has, barring week one, I think a, after that, he kind of, you know, he, he had the lead role there. But here in week six, it was a Devin Singletary week. Do you think it's a weekly thing or do you think they're maybe trying to pivot that's a great question. I think it, it <laughs> you're like, if, if I don't say so myself, who knows? I want to know. 
you know, funny enough, if you look at Damian Pierce's snap share, 45, 45, 54, 59, 59, 33. Yeah. It's not great. He's, he's not an alpha. He's not taken over that backfield. He hasn't been able to average more than three and a half yards per carry. He's usually hitting around <laughs> his average so far this season's around two and a half yards per carry. It's, it's pretty abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that they are testing the waters of a full pivot. I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see uh, Pierce's usage to be less than uh, Singletary, and maybe they start using Pierce in specific situations, maybe as a goal goal line back, third down back. He has that capability. It's scary if you're a Pierce owner right now. Um, I've had a couple of trades this year where people have tried to throw in Pierce my direction, and it's just not someone that I wanted anything to do with. Uh, but without me, you know, patting myself on my own back, I do think that this is a scary backfield situation when the rest of the offense is super electric and exciting. <laughs> so it's really, it's really strange to be in this situation and ask yourself, where do I go? Um, but I do think that this is one of those situations where if Pierce has another breakout game, pivot away from him as fast as possible. I agree with that. All right, the uh, Devontae Smith conundrum. I like this. So he had three sub eight point games, but the targets are still there. I'd say you know you gotta you probably gotta drop them. They just signed Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about right? that. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, last year they both went over a thousand yards. Uh, him and AJ Brown. Obviously, yep. the offense isn't quite as good as it was last year it's concerning i mean i won't lie it's concerning but i mean basically he is what he is he's a he's a wide receiver too right so if he's a wide receiver too on a really pass heavy high potent offense that's perfectly fine but if you're expecting wide receiver one numbers out of this guy it's just not going to happen so you just got to kind of temper your expectations or or what you think he is but uh you know he's not he's not aj brown I don't want to have to bring up BMI or anything like that, but <laughs> I won't, I won't low hanging fruit there. But yeah, I, you know, he's just, I'd be concerned, you know, I'm not even concerned. Just like, he's going to be, he's going to be startable every week, but you got to just, just, yeah. Temper your expectations of what you're going to get out of him. Knowing that what his role is, he is the wide receiver two on that team. Dallas Gardner easily out targeted him in any given week. It's possible. Um, yeah. I just, just as long as you know, what you're getting with him. I don't think it's a big deal. I just think that uh, the pre-draft, post-draft hype of Devontae Smith three years ago, we can't be carrying that with us now, this day, week six, 2023. Chris Olave or Devontae Smith? Olave. I find that their physical profiles are very similar to one another. Um, But I will say that... Olave can command that wide receiver room significantly easier. And I don't know if that's because he's up against broken bones, Michael Thomas, and obviously Devontae Smith is up against Target Hawk, AJ Brown, which I can't even call him a Target Hawk. He's like he's he's like the, the literal definition of like a prima donna dude. If he doesn't get targeted enough, sure. he basically runs over to Jalen Hurts and is just like, I'll kill you if you don't if you don't give yeah, me more I mean, targets. Like, AJ Brown comes up to me asking for something. I'm giving it to him. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, the dude's terrifying. <laughs> the man's massive. And yes. that's with that's without pads, let alone with pads. So like I, I get it. I, I'm with you. I'm definitely a lobby over over Smith right now. I was seeing trades in the offseason where people were getting Olave plus for Smith, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, now looking at it, but I, I agree. Last one, this is something that I brought up. Is Kendrick Bourne viable? He's now targeted nine plus times in three out of six games so far this season. There isn't a lot of excitement out of that offense. Is he a startable, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four situation for, uh, you know, a deeper dynasty team? I think so. I think if he's healthy, I think so. We've seen that every time he's come onto the field and been in a situation where he needs to produce, and he's done it every single time, even with Matt Jones and whatever the hell's going on there up in New England. Uh, simple answer is, yeah, like this is a dude that I kind of, you know, I wish I could put into my second flex spot but week in a week. Yeah, I think he'd be just fine. Yeah, no, he's perfect for that. I think one of those crazy situations, I was able to get him in a super deep 16-team league um, off of waivers second week this season. And I, I spent like, I don't know, I want to call it like 25% of my fab and people freaked out because folks, for whatever reason, that league just don't spend fab. And I was just like, why would I not spend 25% of this for a player who I know, you know, low grade is going to get me five to six points a week. High grade could potentially hit me 15 to 20, which in this past week, he got, I think, 19 points in PPR. Fantastic. It's crazy to me that folks are scared of spending on players like this, who we know basically were capsized mm-hmm. because of bad OCs. Like, case in point, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, both fucked it last year, <laughs> for lack of better words. And, and they were so bad to the point where they benched probably their most productive wide receiver the year before. And we're seeing it again. He's, he's completely a viable fantasy outlet. And he basically will probably end the season with more yards and targets than Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster. And that's simply probably down to health, but that's also just down to play. So, you know, uh, he's an interesting guy. I think you can get him really cheap is really my point. If you need additional points on a team, specifically a contending team, I think he's out there for basically nothing. Why not if you need an additional flex person out there to just keep adding points to your roster? That's a great call. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and finish this off with some trades and non-trades. So this one is mine. I still feel pretty good about it. First share ever of Travis Etienne. Never been like a huge Etienne guy. Going back to when he was drafted and my love for J-Rob and my hate for Urban Meyer kind of just soured me on Etienne and his possibilities there knowing that he wasn't get, didn't get drafted by uh, Peterson in the current regime there. I kind of thought they might pivot to Tank a little bit more than they have, but Tank Bigsby really hasn't done anything. Etienne's getting all the work. So I think it was uh, DU3, our buddy textbook. I've played with him in a couple of different leagues before he hopped over to one of the DU leagues. He sent me an offer. And these are the best trades. I love it. He just sent me. Etienne and a fourth for a 25 first and second. It's not even next year's first and second. And I didn't think twice. I said, okay, let's add him to my roster. I'm trying to win this year. Travis Etienne, a fourth for 25 first and second. Yeah, it's smash. <clears throat> Funny enough, uh, textbook and I were also having conversations about Etienne. I had sent him an offer. I had offered him Etienne, Connor, 
and Khalil Herbert, knowing that the other two are on IR and he might have a hard time getting off of them for basically a 25 first and Jahan Dotson. So almost the same value. He was able to keep his two running backs. I completely understand it. He got the better deal than what he would have gotten from me because he would have lost out on that additional value that he might be able to trade those two running backs for at the end of the year. And you were able to just give up a, a second without potentially giving up a player who might have higher value than someone like a Dotson or someone like that. I'm not saying Dotson will. I think at this point I'd love to get a second for him. But yeah, I think this is a smash. If someone sends you this, this is easy if you're trying to contend. Um, you're, you're talking about, what, 22 to 25 points per game player for a first and second? I was able to get this in console wars for Austin Eckler. I think this is a steal for a third-year running back. Excellent. Uh, Logan Thomas for a 24-second. Saw this go down in console wars. I've also been trying to get off of Logan Thomas just because he... The way the tight end position is right now, he's not the worst guy to be starting. And I was like, man, I wonder if I could get a second for him. Do you think that's something you could do in most leagues? Or I feel like that's probably the max that you'd be able to get for Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is 32 years old. Uh, oh, yeah. Logan Thomas is... Uh, perennially injured i don't want to call him injury prone yeah thank you i don't like using that terminology i really don't i know it has negative implications especially with with uh billy but oh uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I know he's just he's just sitting there when he's listening to this he's just like "Ah, you're not injury prone yeah yeah exactly um no, this is insane. This is I. I'm sorry to to call it that, but I I just don't I just don't see how Logan Thomas is ever worth a second, um, let alone next year's second. From a team that I don't think is going to be competing this year in that league, it was kind of one of those where I just didn't really understand the trade at all. Um, if you're able to get a second for him, by all means, sell him as soon as possible. But I think you'd be lucky to get a third. Yeah, it's kind of what I thought. Man, jealous. All right, uh, <clears throat> next one I believe is console wars. You know, I gotta be more active when I trade. Like, talk about it every year. I'm like, I'm gonna do better. I never do. Here we go. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Devon A. Chan, 24, fourth and third for Michael Pittman, 24, one and two. I think this was actually Josh's trade, but I don't think it was in console wars. Um, I don't know what the league settings are, but regardless, I'm probably leaning Pacheco A-Chain. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, you know, the Pittman in the first, like Pittman's better this year than I thought he would be considering the rookie quarterback conundrum and then losing that rookie quarterback to Gardner Minshew, but Pittman's been producing. But I still think, you know, at the end of the day, I want two starting running backs and then uh, I'll get a third and fourth, we'll call it whatever. Get off of Pittman, no big deal. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm curious as to where that first falls. If it is top five, I could see myself flipping on this, to be honest. Um, If it does land, you know, 109 to 112, probably sticking with my original opinion, but... I guess my, my biggest concern is just Pacheco <laughs> long-term. I, I just I don't know what that use case looks like in Kansas City. We've never really seen it with Mahomes having a long-term running back partner. So 
it drives some concern for me. Obviously, he's going to perpetually be cheap um, yeah. for them. Draft capital so, and all that. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up ever pushing that envelope of uh, contract negotiations. Does he do the Jonathan Taylor? Does he go to the RV? We'll, we'll never to know. To the RV. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Does he go to the RV? We're having to use that going forward. That's a really good way of putting it. Oh, yeah, hey, Jonathan Taylor looked better this week, too, by the way. He did. He yeah. did. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, after I, I realized that I reacted a little too fast to this one, I think, I think this is one of those where I do like the, the running back tandem, but I would like to know a little bit more about where that first lands. If it does land top five, I think I'm going Pittman in the top five pick. But I'm just assuming that the person that's trying to trade for Pacheco and A-Chain, they're trying to compete. But If it's their pick, they might be trading away another pick that isn't possible. theirs, potentially. Um, but yeah, if we're, if we're ever dealing with a, a Dylan trade, you know, we, we, you never know who's pick he's trading. It could be one through 12 because he owns all of them. You got it. You know, one of these days he's going to have to put together a damn roster. <laughs> In any of the leagues. I, I'd love for him to just even combine some of the leagues together and create one starting lineup would be great. Uh, one of these days he's going to be like perpetual league winner watch. Oh, I'm. <laughs> you're 100 percent correct. For sure, gonna happen. I don't have the patience. Alternative deal: JJ for Ayuk, Puka, and the third. So these were two Billy trades. Yeah. This first one. You know, um, Billy, was... if you're not gonna take the time to show up and discuss your own trades, don't just be editing the show sheet, guy. <laughs> yeah, you're just throwing them in here. No, it's good. Uh, I threw the alternative deal in there in, in my defense because I actually thought that the Ayuk, Puka, and a third deal was relatively similar value to his other deal. Um, if you break down the other folks across it, I think it might actually turn out to be cheaper. I think the Puka hype is a bit extreme. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve recognition for the work that he's done. I just think that we're now out here, you know, valuing Puka at like a first and a second <laughs> when uh, going into week one, he was a third round pick, maybe, uh, maybe a, a late second. It's a bit crazy out there. Ayuk, dude's looking insanely good. Uh, the man of separation. He's the antithesis of George Pickens, but still can't get receptions. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Brock Purdy's doing, but man, just can't hit a wide open wide receiver sometimes, which is crazy considering he only throws like two incompletions a game uh, in terms of effectiveness. The The trade that Billy did post, though, is JJ, Justin Jefferson for Kittle, Hollywood Brown, T. Higgins, a 25 first, a 24 second, a 24 third. Jesus. Uh, man, these are not trades I like to make. <laughs> uh, just too much skin one way or the other. I'm going to send you one of these tonight. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just do the conservative side of things and give me a starting tight end, uh, a nice wide receiver two, two nice wide receiver twos, keep my picks. And you can hold on to JJ. I don't know what's going to happen with JJ next year. I don't know if Kirk Cousins, I know we talk about this all the time, but like Kirk Cousins isn't for sure going to be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings next year. And I'm not saying that JJ's production relies on competent quarterback. I think he's kind of quarterback proof or, you know, as close to it as possible. But for me, being a little more conservative about how I play, I think I just hold on to Kittle, my picks, Marquise Brown, and Higgins. I, you know, it's interesting because I know that this trade occurred 
in a situation where he was potentially trading, I think either the second place team or he was the second place team trading to the first place team. And he was trying to uh, balance out points, basically, it was his perspective. So he didn't want to provide too much leverage to the other team long term. I guess the way that you could view this is that Kittle realistically only probably has two to three more seasons in Dynasty, maybe two that are viable. Uh, Hollywood Brown, maybe two to three as well. He's hitting at 26, 27 years old. T. Higgins still probably has four to five more years. So I think he's 24, 25 years old. 25 first, realistically, if Billy's thinking he's competing, it's probably a also a super late first. Uh, super late second, super late third. JJ is one of those guys that I know. just, it, it is, <laughs> he gets taken in super flex startups over quarterbacks, super viable quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's just one of those things you really have to have. You really have to have a plan and, and the stones to do it. And uh, I think oftentimes I don't have either. So uh, good on him for it. I'm sure, you know, it, he thinks he did well there. And I don't think it's bad. I just don't. I just, I think I would just play it more conservative and kind of keep my points uh, spread out and keep my picks. But yeah, that's just me. That's fair. Yeah. I personally would take both deals. I think I would prefer to take the Ayakuka deal, to be honest. That's just oh, me yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know he actually preferred the Kittle, Hollywood Brown, Higgins, and a, First, second, and third. It, it's crazy. It sounds like the longest run-on sentence I've ever said. Um, just going through that trade, but anyway, uh, all for it. Congrats this is a, again, JJ. This so. is a good way to get off a of kittle. Let's put it that way. You know. Uh, yes. So yes. there is that. Yes, absolutely. And talking about you know decrepit San Francisco 49ers players, Devo Samuel plus a third for Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, I saw him talking about this today. And uh, you got to be, I'm still a little concerned about Josh Jacobs this year. Uh, but I mean, you have the same concerns with Debo, right? So it's fine. It's fine. Whichever one you have more confidence in going forward, I have no problems. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, it's, in my opinion, this is like one of those uh, higher profile trades that's still kind of ugly. Like, I don't really like either side, yeah, but when it comes to actual points being scored on your team, I think Jacobs is going to score more points by end of year, and that's what you really want in the grand scheme of, <laughs> grand scheme of things in fantasy. Um, at the end of the day, I think they probably have the same longevity in terms of their career, regardless of their age. There's something about the way that Debo plays that I just don't think um, allows for him to have a prolonged career. And so... Giving up a third is nothing, so it's really Debo for for Jacobs. I think that's kind of cheap for for Josh Jacobs, honestly. Excellent. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think I've got it all out of me. You did great. Appreciate you hopping on again, filling in for Billy. I believe the plan is to have him back in two weeks, and I think we'll all three be on here. Keep you posted on that. Meanwhile, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie Beeman DFF, at Jake Jake Abrams. Join our Discord. It's free. It, the link is on our Dynasty Underdog Twitter bio. We're on YouTube again eventually. And listen to us on Spotify if you can. Other than that, have a good night. How'd you guys meet? I don't even think I, I know that. Were you in a, 
uh, console wars? Is that is that how it all happened? Yeah, Con console wars. Yeah, you know, Billy had uh, any given pod with Josh. Yeah, and I thought it was just so cool because like I was like, oh, like normal ass people could do this, and so I was like, hey, let me on, you know, and uh, they they let me on. And we talked and I just enjoyed it so much, like talking to these guys about football more than the guys at work or wherever else. Yeah. And I was like, well, why don't we just do this every week? And we'll, uh, since we're all new to Dynasty, we'll call it Dynasty Underdog. Because we're underdogs because, you know, everybody that we joined in that league with, like they had been playing for years. So I thought it was a good way to like, you know, do like a beginner pod and try to keep it kind of like that. We've strayed away from that a little bit, but, but yeah, console wars, it all started there. That's awesome. I had no idea. Yes. And you, you went to school with Billy, right? Or grew up with him? I know Billy since we were six, dude. Yeah. We're, we're a long Jeez. time, long time throwback. I know Josh since middle school. Like, yeah, we all grew up together. It's pretty crazy. It is crazy.